It's the Kim Monson Show, analyzing the most important stories. I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations. The latest in politics and world affairs. With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not. Today's current opinions and ideas. I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucrat the power to make rules about what we inject into our body. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose. Today's drive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body, my friends. We were made for this moment and what a historic moment it is. Thank you to the team that I work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, uh, Echo, Charlie, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Thursday to you, producer Steve. Thankful Thursday, we call it. That's right. Uh, we need to get back in the swing on that. Yes, thankful Thursday. And there is a lot to be grateful for, most definitely. Check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. We send it out on Sundays, and you'll get first look at our upcoming guests, as well as our most recent essays. We'll be rolling out the essay by Pam Long, uh, The Best and the Worst of uh, Colorado Politics in 2022. And it is, uh, she's put an enormous amount of work into it, absolutely fascinating. And that will be in this week's newsletter, so be sure that you're signed up for that. I sure hope the and mayor of Denver and uh, the governor uh, of the state you know, read that. Since they're I, uh, since they show up in it a time or two, they show up. They show up in it. So yes, I think that uh, they would be interested in that. I'll let you guess and, uh, whether you could, it's the best of or the worst of. You know. <laughs> yes, okay. we'll just we'll leave that as a cliffhanger. Yeah. for sure. And um, you can email me at kim at kimmunson dot com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And we've got uh, a really important show planned for you today. We'll be talking uh, with uh, Art Arthur from the Center for Immigration Studies uh, about Title 42. And they said that this Title 8 is really important as well. This is all the stuff that's happening down at the border. Patty found um, a headline that uh, actually Katie Hobbs, now that she's governor, is starting to dismantle the... um, the things that were built on the Arizona border, on the border wall, to try to protect the citizens of Arizona. And she I, I, that's one of the first things she's doing is taking it down, Producer Steve. <laughs> well, I would expect no less, really. You know, she's meeting my expectations. <laughs> yes, and your expectations were not very high, were they? No. No, 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 no. I have so many things that I want to talk with you about, but let's go to our quote for today first. And this is from Abraham Lincoln. He was an American lawyer, politician, and statesman. He was our 16th president uh, from 1861 until 1865 when he was uh, died from assassination. I guess you do die from assassination, don't you? That's yeah, redundant. normally, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Lincoln um, led America through the American Civil War. Uh, to defend the nation as a constitutional union and succeeded in abolishing slavery. And he said this, he said, America will never be destroyed from the outside. If we falter and lose our freedoms, it will be because we destroyed ourselves. And uh, I remember 
years ago. My dad mentioned that quote to me, and it was chilling then. But I think that uh, we're seeing we're seeing that right now, Steve. Yeah, I've heard it many times, and I when I opened up this document that you're working with and read the quote of the day, I had to stop for about thirty seconds and ponder. I mean, how did he know that? I mean, it, it, thinking at the point in time he's basically coming up on the hundred year mark for the establishment of the of the country, and yet he had already witnessed enough of human nature and all its fallacies to know that that was going to you know potentially be the case. And now we're almost well, we are living it. Well, and um, part of that obviously is uh, from a cultural standpoint. And what is so remarkable is that we are using government money to fund this this culture of death and destruction and scarcity, and which is antithetical to the American idea that we are all created equal because we are created in the image of God. So what is the opposite word of destruction? It's creation. What's the opposite word of death? It's life. Uh, what's the opposite word of chaos? It's order. And uh, we see now that that we're using dollars, public dollars, to fund destruction and chaos and death, and um, uh, and and all of this is from within. But we can I we can get this thing turned around. But what is happening in Washington uh, right now with this um, Speaker of the House vote is absolutely fascinating. I think they got to six votes yes by the end of yesterday, correct, Steve? Yeah, they're up to number six, and you know who hasn't you know come over the top yet, and yet he's still trying. Yeah, and this is there's so many interesting things going on. Um, first thing, I guess, let's start with the soundbite uh, regarding the potential. Uh, front-runner contender on this, Producer Steve. You can set that up. Well, okay. Uh, in, in a situation like this where you have this, obviously, I don't hate to use the word confrontation in the House, but more individuals are going to be drawn into it. Like Jim Jordan earlier in the week, he plainly stated he wasn't interested. My first thought to that was, well, gee, Jim, Moses wasn't interested either, but he, <laughs> he did it. But now there's another young man coming up. He's only 44 years old. His name is or his name is Byron Donalds. He's a you know a representative from Florida's 19th district. Again, he's 44 years old. But I watched this interview on uh, Fox, and he's a very articulate young man. You ready for it? Ready. Byron, welcome back to the show. Happy New Year. Why did you vote for Jim Jordan? I thought you were for Kevin McCarthy. Uh, well, look, I voted for Kevin on the first two ballots, and it's just not clear that he has the votes. It's pretty clear now, and it's getting tougher in that room. Look, do I think Kevin has an ability to maybe get there? Yeah, but there's a lot of work to be done. And I think just if you're going to ask members to vote over and over and over again to try to wear people down, I think it actually has the opposite effect. My view has been for us to call a recess, uh, get in a room, figure it out, uh, you know, have those conversations, and then go back to the floor you know, when we know we have somebody prepared to get 218. I like that comment. If your only goal is to wear people down, you know, mm -hmm. there's something wrong here. And uh, I think you're going to be hearing this name more and more. Well, and I like his idea of uh, getting into a room with closed doors and really talking about these uh, things that people are concerned about. I typically don't watch Hannity, but I happened to have it on last night and Lauren Boebert uh, Congresswoman from Colorado was on, and I have to tell you, so 
uh, Lauren Boebert is one of the holdouts right now. She's one of the 20 that uh, has not voted for McCarthy. And I could not believe how rude Hannity was to her. Uh, at least let her talk. He was talking over her, uh, was not letting her talk. Uh, I've never actually uh, seen... I, I mean, it was so rude, I could not believe it, Steve. Even if we disagree, I mean, I just could not believe how rude he was to her. And and she really, I felt she held her own. And I know that there's a lot of people that say, hey, we just need to, we want to get together. We want to get things done. That's what, what they say. We want to get things done. And I remember, now I can't remember which guest it was, but when we talk about the administrative state, during the Obama years, this is from the Daily Signal. This was back in, uh, reported in May of 2016. During the Obama presidency, there were 20,642 new regulations that came out of the executive branch. And then talking about getting things done uh, in the in Congress, um, let's see, I had found something here. Let's see, I think it was which year it was let's let's go to just this was just one year so this would have been in 2019 said the 115th congress passed more laws than before but uh and it went on to say nearly a third of the laws passed by the 115th congress were ceremonial in nature it was the third congress in a row in which the ceremonial share increased and those ceremonial measures included 109 that renamed post post offices courthouses and the like and they only passed 329 laws. And so you take out 109 from that, and uh, that doesn't seem like they are totally getting things done when you look over at what happened with the Obama administration. And now, of course, we, we see, again, the pin out with the Biden administration. I, I think some of the things they need to be doing is reining in all of these these regulations that are coming through the executive branch. You want to get some things done. Let's have some serious conversations about that, Producer Steve. All right. Well, can we get back to Hannity for a second? Because I put this to you sure. in the uh, pre-call. All right. He was rude. He, he wouldn't let her speak. We get upset when we see some clown on CNN or MSNBC do the same thing that, that Hannity was doing. So what's his point in acting that way? When we get upset at the bias of CNN and MSNBC, isn't Hannity doing the same thing? He he really is. He is showing the bias for Kevin McCarthy. And then this is the other thing that is odd. Uh, and this is the relationship between uh, Kevin McCarthy and Frank Luntz. And uh, I asked you about this the other day, and you had not heard about this. But Frank Luntz is a pollster, but also it is reported that he has been a lobbyist for Google. So that I think that gives you an idea of where his potential allegiances are. And uh, apparently, Kevin McCarthy has been his roommate. And this was reported by Tucker Carlson on Fox News. Let's see. Let me get to it. Uh, hold on here. I have so many. Now I have so many things open that I got to get to the right one. It says, um, here we go. Tucker Carlson. And this was reported in 2021. Okay. It says Tucker Carlson explained on his show that he received a tip from someone he considered reliable that house minority leader, Kevin McCarthy was living with pollster Frank Luntz. 
says, last week on T- uh, Tucker Carlson, the host uh, laced into the pollster and questioned why he remained a fixture in Republican politics. And Tucker says, over the weekend, uh, over the weekend, we got a call from a source who said that, in fact, Frank Luntz and Kevin McCarthy are not simply friends, they're roommates. Kevin McCarthy lives in Luntz's apartment in downtown Washington. That's what we were told, and honestly, we did not believe it. The top Republican in the House lives with a Google lobbyist? Come on. Even by the sleazy and corrupt standards of politics in Washington, that didn't seem possible. In fact, it sounded like a joke. Tucker goes on to say, this morning, since we heard it, we called to check with Kevin McCarthy's spokeswoman. And when we raised this, she all but chuckled at the suggestion. No, when he's in Washington, she told us, Kevin McCarthy rents hotel rooms or sleeps in his office in the Capitol. He certainly isn't living with Frank Luntz. Okay. (coughs) And that seemed logical to us. But we did press a little bit because we got the tip from someone reliable. And we just wanted to be sure. So the spokesman said she would get back to us. Two hours later, we got this text, quote, following up on our conversation from earlier today, because of the pandemic, McCarthy has rented a room in Washington at a fair market price from Frank. What do you think about that, Steve? Well, uh, you, you, you used a couple different words in that in, in bringing that to the to the front here in terms of the, you know, the sleaze coming out of Washington. And it's, you know, it's just an, another variant of sleaze. Well, and so I think it's important that these 20 that have questions have actually been standing strong on this. And so it's like a stay tuned. But um, these these relationships that McCarthy, uh, McCarthy has, McConnell has, they are of, of really of great concern. So it's going to get interesting, but I was just really surprised on how rude Hannity was towards Boebert. And apparently Trump has weighed in and suggested that uh, everybody throw their support behind McCarthy as well. And, of course, Boebert's been a supporter of uh, Trump. And so it's uh, remarkable that she is actually standing strong on this. So uh, anyway, stay tuned on that. We're going to go to break here in just a minute. But I have all kinds of great sponsors. And I wanted to mention Three Points Financial. And uh, they've been a great sponsor for quite some time. And they're a comprehensive fee-only financial and tax-focused company. And they consider all the pieces of a client's financial life. There are no sales or commissions involved. And all advice is fiduciary, putting the client first. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz, co-owners of Three Points Financial, take time to work with you regarding decisions that affect your financial present and future. Whatever is happening in our world and with our country, you have financial goals that matter. And Three Points Financial offers personal real-time plans for savings, retirement, investments, and taxes, both tax efficiency and preparation. There's no better time than now to focus on your financial situation. If you're interested in learning more, contact threepointsfinancial.com to schedule a no-obligation introductory call. And then another great sponsor of the show is the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team, and they can create personalized insurance plans to cover all your needs from protection for your cars to your home, condo, boat, motorcycle, business, and renter's insurance. Contact Roger Mangan Team at 303-795-8855 for a complimentary appointment. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan Teams is there. I can't believe I just scratched that car. Find my insurance card. 
Dude, what do you have in this glove box? Ew, are these socks dirty? Oh, forget about the socks. I need my insurance card. Just pull it up on the State Farm mobile app. But I can do that? Oh, hey, I can do that. Yep, it's called service. I can file a claim on here, too? Yeah, it's it's called service. Whoa, I can call my agent, too? It's called service. What do Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and Nikola Tesla have in common? None of these men graduated from college, but each of them had enormous intellectual curiosity. Scientist Dr. James Lyons Weiler is creating a new kind of educational model for the busy, intellectually curious, IPAC-EDU. Classes are affordable and interactive, and experts in each of their fields with courses in biology, philosophy, analytics, health and wellness, political science, chemistry, regenerative science, and psychology. There is a spring 2023 course for you. Dash over to ipacedu.org, ipac-edu.org for more information and to register. That's ipac-edu.org. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. On the line with me is uh, Colonel John Preco. He is retired United States Air Force. And it has been uh, on his heart to uh, have an option for a Colorado license plate where people can purchase it that says, In God We Trust. And he is working on a petition to uh, to get this uh, in front of the state legislature, and the legislature convenes next week. And we wanted to get an update on where we are on that exactly. So, Colonel Preco, welcome to the show. Uh, good morning, Kim. You have been working diligently on this, and it's been frustrating that you haven't had a big organization, a big church, uh, step up and uh, you know get get this to their parishioners uh, to just uh, just get this option for Coloradans. It's been rather surprising, Colonel Preco. Yeah, I was initially surprised, and we're still having that sort of uh, uphill challenge and battle. Uh, we spent yesterday. I spent along with uh, Representative Kurt Huffman. We spent most of the day down at the Colorado Territorial Correctional Facility, going through the. Uh, license plate manufacturing plant and already working with the designer there on our uh, uh, artwork to make sure it complies with all the activity. But I also had a conference call yesterday afternoon with uh, Senator B. Mark Baisley about shifting gears a little bit. Our prior attempts to contact uh, churches, religious and Christian organizations uh, was through individual members of those organizations, and frankly, we were 0 for 12. So what we're going to do now is shift gears a little bit and focus on uh, pastors, people who are in charge of uh, Christian organizations, etc. And uh, we have a draft template letter uh, basically representing Mark Baisley and what he's doing and just giving him a quick overview of the initiative about the In God We Trust plate and soliciting their support. Uh, More than happy to talk to anybody face-to-face, come to their church, hand out flyers, whatever. Uh, That effort uh, is already in progress, and we are hopeful that we'll find, if we can just come up with one or two large organizations, I'm absolutely convinced that we can 
surpassed 3,500 signatures uh, virtually overnight. So then is the plan to present this petition to legislators so that then um, what would happen? Would there be legislation that is passed? I think um, Representative Baisley will introduce that, and then that would work its way through the legislature so that this this option would become an option f- uh, for Coloradans. Is that right? Right, and he will be introducing uh, uh, Senator Baisley, if I understand it correctly, has, uh, I think, five bills that he'll be introducing. This will be the first one after the legislature starts its uh, uh, 2023 uh, session uh, on uh, Monday, uh, the 9th of January. So as soon as he's sworn in and all that's taken care of, this is kind of the first thing. We will continue our quest to get signatures as a uh, clear signal that we have the support across the state uh, to back this. So uh, uh, no matter what, once the bill is uh, brought up before the Senate initially. It'll be a Senate bill and then work its way through both the Senate and the House over time. And and uh, uh, Senator Baisley will be uh, probably much more articulate on step-by-step in the process and the committee hearings and what people can do there as well. Well, and uh, how can people sign this petition? Yeah, it's fairly, unfortunately, the uh, petition address is rather lengthy. The best way I've found to do it is just uh, Google I petitions and in God we trust, and it will come up on the page of uh, uh, options. But you need to be careful. There are other petitions out there, some of which are adamantly opposed to in God we trust. Uh, There's one that just popped up recently that is uh, against in God we trust and having it removed from all our uh, paper money and coinage. So uh, be careful. It should be obvious. There's a big picture of the plate and then some brief information you have to fill out on the right side to support the uh, the idea of the plate. There's no money involved. You're just saying, I like the idea. You're not committed to buying one. It's just the, uh, the, the, the core values and what the plate it stands for as far as the, the national motto and God we trust. Boy, uh, what is it? Ronald Reagan said that if, uh, gosh, if we are not a nation under God, then we're a nation gone under and uh, or something along that line. And when we look at these culture wars that we're in right now, I, I think it is really important that we uh, recognize that uh, America was founded uh, in the Declaration. The founders referred to God four different times uh, in, in different ways. But... Um, uh, I think that it is important that people have this option. There's no force involved in this whatsoever. It's just uh, trying to make sure that Coloradans have this option. Uh, correct, Colonel Preco? Yeah, that's true, too. The other thing, Kim, is I'm certainly, we collectively are open to ideas and suggestions to generate uh, sort of more support and additional signatures. And I welcome uh, anybody who wants to contact me directly can certainly go through my email address, which is jprico at comcast.net. That's J-E-R-I-E-C-K-O at comcast.net. If you got an idea or you're connected with an organization uh, that's Christian and might be willing to take this on, I would be happy to provide additional details and information so they can help us sort of help the cause. 
Okay, and again, you can go to iPetitions and put Colorado in God We Trust in your search engines, and that should come up. And it's very easy. I've signed the petition. It's very easy to do that. Or if you want more information, you can go to J-P-R-I-E-C-K-O at Comcast.net. And Colonel Preco, I really appreciate you uh, having this on your heart and really taking this on because this is a really great option for Coloradans uh, when they are actually registering their cars. So thank you so much. Well, as you know, I'm uh, not only honored to do this, but I'm, I'm passionate about the cause. And I'm very thankful for all the efforts that you have put in to spread the word as well, Kim. It, it, it's making a difference. We're, we'll get there eventually. It's a little bit more difficult and more challenging, but I'm relentless. Uh, well, that's uh, that's great. So, Colonel Preco, we will stay in touch on that. And, again, you can go to iPetitions, uh, Colorado and God We Trust license plate, and uh, you can sign the petition there. So stay in, stay t- stay in touch and uh, keep keep on keeping on. You bet. All the best, Kim. Okay, thank you. And uh, the show comes to you with, with the great sponsors that I have. And Karen Levine, she is a REMAX realtor, has been a sponsor of both the Kim Munson Show and America's Veterans Stories from almost day one. And uh, we've got, got her back on the, on the show now. She actually had taken a trip the first part of December. And so it's great to have her back live. Welcome, Karen Levine. Good morning, Kim, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And uh, what uh, what's happening now that, well, actually, today is the 12th day of Christmas. Did you know that, Karen Levine? Well, um, I think I didn't. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we looked it up. I looked it up yesterday, and yesterday was the 11th day of Christmas. So today's the 12th day of Christmas, and Epiphany is tomorrow. And uh, so Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. But we're, we're now looking at 2023, and uh, we have seen public policy that is making it more expensive for everyday people to be able to buy homes. Uh, but there's lots of creativity going on out there. I do see for sale signs. What do you see looking into 2023 here, Karen? Well, I think 2023 is going to be a good, solid year in real estate. I think um, we have pent up demand. There are buyers um, that want to buy homes and interest rates um, have settled down. And so that gives a little more certainty to the cost of money. And um, we are still in a inventory shortage. Um, there are less than 5,000 single-family homes on the market in the front range in the Denver metro area. Um, and that's not a lot of housing. That's not a lot of inventory. Um, so we'll see some competitiveness, I think, on good, well-priced, good condition homes, but there's still opportunity out there, and um, I'm ready to tackle the challenges in the marketplace, but I think um, if you're interested in buying or selling, the first place to start is a call to a real estate professional, which I hope is me, and we can start the conversation. Well, and that phone number is 303-877-7516, 303-877-7516. And Karen, one of the things I've become concerned about is from a, a public policy standpoint, it, it in a way it makes it, it difficult for people to, to move. So let's say somebody is in their home, uh, interest rates have gone up because of public policy, because of things that have happened with this administration. Right. And uh, people may want to downsize, but downsizing 
um, there's not a place really to downsize. And so I think they've affected this velocity of housing, which is when you mentioned there's not that many, um, there's pent up demand, but not that many homes for sale. Again, this is a whole public policy thing, and we need to be connecting the dots for people on that, Karen. Exactly. And one of the things I will be participating in uh, over the next weeks here in January is interviewing candidates for Denver City Council and the mayoral uh, candidates. And so it's going to be critical for our organization to make sure that we make wise recommendations, endorsements for these candidates um, that are looking at taking out roadblocks in home ownership. Uh, and I know that you've been very involved at the, the local and the county and the state level and also at the national level uh, regarding all this public policy. And so you're an expert in what is happening. If people are interested in a new build or if they're interested in buying or sell, uh, selling their home, I highly recommend that you get they give you a call. And again, Karen Levine, what is your phone number? My number is 303-877-7516. And I look forward Fantas- to answering anybody's questions. Fantastic. And that's Karen Levine, 303-877-7516. We will talk to you next week. Sounds good. And we are going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about immigration. So stay tuned. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has nearly 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Karen Levine believes in homeownership. Because of Karen's love of dogs, Karen volunteers regularly with GRRR, Golden Retriever Rescue of the Rockies, helping Golden Retrievers find their forever homes. Call Karen Levine to help you buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Patriot Pro's HVAC Plumbing and Electrical has been setting a high bar for home maintenance and repairs from Franktown to Lakewood and Colorado Springs to Denver since 1997. The Patriot Pro's team works hard to deliver top-notch service to our customers and takes pride in everything they do. All our plumbers and technicians are properly licensed, bonded, and insured, so when you work with Patriot Pros, it gives you peace of mind knowing your home is in good hands. Patriot Pros is a proud partner and sponsor of The Kim Munson Show. For more information, go to PatriotPros.com. That's PatriotPros.com. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Very pleased to have on the line with me Andrew Arthur, or Art Arthur. He is a resident fellow in law and policy at the Center for Immigration Studies. And uh, wanted to talk with him about this Title 42. And then uh, when I was uh, emailing back and forth with his, his colleague, she said that this Title 8 is important as well. So, Art Arthur, welcome to the show. 
Hey, Kim, thanks so much for having me this morning. Well, you guys are on the the front line and watching what's happening regarding uh, public policy at the Center for Immigration Studies. We're hearing a lot about t- uh, Title 42, and I guess there was a recent Supreme Court decision on this. So what do people need to know about that? So really briefly, Title 42 is the public health uh, provision of the U.S. Code. And under the Trump administration in March 2020, with the pandemic surging, uh, the uh, Centers for Disease Control issued an order under Title 42 uh, directing the expulsion of all illegal entrants to the United States. That wasn't a really big deal under the Trump administration because Trump had implemented policies that uh, brought operational uh, control to the southwest border. But it became a bigger deal under the Biden administration because President Biden got rid of all of those policies that President Trump had implemented. In fact, he was the first president in history to reject deterrence of illegal migrants uh, coming to the southwest border. But he did leave that Title 42, uh, those Title 42 orders in place. So the only thing that has prevented the chaos that we see at the southwest border from becoming, you know, an outright catastrophe has been those Title 42 orders. Back in April, however, Biden announced that he was going to end those Title 42 orders, primarily to give all of those illegal entrants the opportunity to apply for asylum, whether they won the uh, asylum or not, or whether they had claims or not. So that got fought out in the courts in Louisiana. A judge down there said, no, you can't end Title 42 without getting input from the states. Then, November 15th, a separate judge in D.C. ordered CDC to end Title 42. Uh, and that made its way very quickly to the Supreme Court because those states that had sued in Louisiana went to the Supreme Court and said, hey, look, the Biden administration is not going to challenge this order in D.C. We want to do it. So the Supreme Court has continued Title 42. That judge in D.C. ended it, would have ended it on December 21st, but now it's going to extend on into the immediate future. And to show how important it is, Kim, about 31%, 31.4% of all the migrants apprehended at the southwest border, 206,000 uh, in November, were actually expelled under Title 42. Now, Trump did a much better job, about 87% of all illegal entrants were expelled, but it's still something and something that helps out our Border Patrol agents. Art, it's unbelievable to me that the Biden administration would want to get rid of this. When we look at the chaos uh, happening down at the southern border, it, it's 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 either incompetence or it's by design. Um, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I actually think it's a uh, combination of incompetence and design. As you noted, you know, the Center for Immigration Studies is on the front line. I'm a former congressional staffer. I used to work for a guy named Ron DeSantis when he was head of the uh, National Security Subcommittee. Former immigration judge, former immigration prosecutor. I don't know who is actually crafting the Biden administration's immigration policy right now. It doesn't appear to be Vice President Kamala Harris. The borders are. It doesn't appear to be DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. My best guess is it's a bunch of 28-year-old ideologues in the White House who have decided that the immigration laws are discriminatory and therefore really shouldn't be enforced. But uh, and on the incompetent side, I don't think that the administration really knows what's going on at the southwest border. As you know, uh, the president hasn't been there since 2008. Uh, Vice President Harris made a quick drop-in back in July of 2021. 
But other than that, uh, and yeah, Alejandro Mayorkas himself has been down there to get his, uh, a frosty reception from Border Patrol agents. But other than that, I really don't think that the Biden administration knows. For what it's worth, though, Ken, most Americans don't know. A recent Harvard-Harris poll uh, asked uh, respondents, you know, how many people are coming into the United States illegally. And uh, the results were shocking. Eighty-seven percent of the respondents to that poll had no idea that two million people per year were entering illegally. Um, so, you know, I, I, and again, this is also an issue that doesn't really uh, resound with Democratic voters. Only about 3% of Democratic voters uh, in a recent Reuters-Ipsos poll said that immigration was the most important issue facing Americans. 18% of Republicans, on the other hand, said it was. So, yeah, you know, I, I think that a lot of Americans don't know. A lot of Democrats don't care until we have the policy that we have. Well, what about Katie Hobbs down in Arizona? She just recently um, 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 became governor, and uh, she started to dismantle uh, some of the uh, deterrents that have been built on the Arizona-Mexico border. What's your thoughts on that, Art? Yeah, uh, and I've actually been to uh, the site where former Republican Governor Doug Ducey, who was term limited, he couldn't run for re-election, had... uh, plugged gaps in the southwest border fence with shipping containers. Uh, And one of those gaps is the Yuma Gap. Uh, And this is a major crossing point for people into the United States illegally. About a 1,000 people come through the Yuma Gap every day. It's really easy to get in. There's a dam that connects Mexico and the United States. They just walk across that dam. Uh, And so, you know, Governor Ducey, seeing that the federal government wasn't going to do anything about it, dropped containers there. He got sued by the federal government. Uh, and he realized he wasn't going to be able to fight that case. Uh, and so, uh, you know, he dropped uh, the policy, and now Governor Hobbs is removing those containers. It's a horrible problem. And if you go down there, you know, if you care about uh, either national security or fiscal responsibility, because what you see are the fence panels that were supposed to be um, placed into that gap in the wall. Uh, President Trump, you know, had gotten the contracts, gotten the materials. But when President Biden took office, one of his first actions was to put a pause on uh, fence construction. Keep in mind, this is the same Joe Biden who said he was pro-wall when he ran for president back in 2008. Um, Absolutely stopped building the wall, or stopped building the fence, which it really is. Uh, And so those fence panels are rotting in the sun. Back in July, when Mark Kelly, governor, uh, senator from Arizona, looked like he was in the tough re-election bid, he's a Democrat, DHS announced that it was going to actually use those fence panels and close that gap. But they never did, which is why Governor Ducey took his action. And now Governor Hobbs is doing the worst possible thing, sending a message to everybody who wants to come into the United States that the Yuma Gap is open and it's an easy way to get in. Well, and you talk about national security, and, and the fiscal component of this as well. But the human component, there's nothing compassionate about having this open border because human beings are also being trafficked. And then I think we're, uh, I was at a intersection the other day in an area where there's uh, a, a lot of immigrants and I love immigrants. I love, um, I love legal immigration. And it was so interesting. I saw a couple of guys that were standing on a corner, and they, one of them had a suitcase. And this car drives up, uh, and all the windows were blacked out. 
and just, you know, just stops. They throw the suitcase in the back of the car and they jump in the car and drive off. And I, I'm just, I'm just, I was just like, I wonder where those guys were from. Um, and it's just more anecdotal, but we don't know. I think that's the, the, the thing about it is we don't know, uh, these thousands and thousands of people that are coming across the border. We don't know. Um, I'd had uh, Todd Watkins on. He's actually going to be on a little bit later, a former border agent who said they are not ev- even fingerprinting these children that are coming across the border. And so they can end up in the shadows and who knows what happens with them. And there's nothing compassionate about, about that regarding children and women, from what I can see, Art. Yeah, and I'm going to give you a quote, Kim, uh, and I want you to guess who uh, made this statement. These smugglers, and everyone should know it and not turn a blind eye to it, these smugglers routinely engage in physical and sexual abuse and extortion of these young, innocent women and men, uh, referring to unaccompanied alien children, by and large. Any guesses? Joe Biden in 2014 made that statement. When Joe Biden made that statement in 2014, about 68,000 unaccompanied alien children entered the United States illegally. And Biden made that statement in Guatemala City in order to underscore, you know, the horrors that children go through when they're smuggled to the United States uh, in an attempt to stem it. Under Biden, more than about 300,000 unaccompanied alien children have come to the United States. The Biden administration has lost tens of thousands of those children, uh, and we don't know where they are. We don't know what's happening to them. But there's a more disturbing uh, aspect to this, because many uh, people who come to the United States pay smugglers, but they, don't, they can't pay the whole smuggling fee. And so the smugglers reach a deal. They say, look, we'll get you to the United States. And when you get to the United States, you're going to go to, let's just say, Denver, Colorado. And you're going to work at this place to pay off the smuggling fee. Uh, and you can guess how that ends. They end up in what we call debt bondage, uh, virtual servitude, modern-age slavery, Kim, here in the United States, working for unscrupulous employers uh, in dangerous conditions, and the Biden administration is aiding and abetting, if not facilitating this practice. It's uh, it's really um, of great concern. And one other thing I'll just mention before we go to break, Art, and, you're, and we'll come back with you, is, gosh, this was so, well, it must have been during the Trump administration. Uh, I was at a meeting down in Texas, and we were sitting at the table at lunch, and some people that live there in Texas said, well, have you heard of the rape trees? And I'm like, I have not heard of that. But apparently these were trees that would have uh, underwear or purses that were thrown onto these trees just kind of as a message to um, people as they were uh, being smuggled around. And I, I was rather shocked. And then on one of the evening shows the other night, they had uh, a story about uh, animals that were being abandoned by those that were crossing the border. And they had pictures of the of the, the border fence and trees there. And there was all kinds of stuff hanging off of all of this. And uh, it just kind of stopped me in my tracks because it reminded me of that conversation regarding the rape trees that I'd heard from. And this was, uh, again, a number of years ago. Uh, your comments on that, Art? Yeah, no, and, uh, you know, this has been a phenomenon uh, that, you know, has been actually pretty well documented. 
uh, you know, over the last decade, uh, you know, this is a real problem. And there is one particular pharmacy in Altar, Sonora, on the other side of the border, but on a known smuggling route, in which uh, they routinely sell Plan B the morning after pill to young female migrants because it's not there's a possibility they're going to get raped. It's almost definitely going to happen. That's what these smugglers do. And yet, for some reason, the American press seems very unconcerned about the horrors that people go through on their way to the United States. There's nothing compassionate about this whatsoever, Art. And so people that are hiding behind compassion and holding up that America is a country of immigrants, uh, they need to. we need to have an honest conversation about there's nothing compassionate about this at all, Art. Uh, let's go to break because uh, Marguerite has said we need to talk a little bit about Title VIII, and I'm not real familiar with that. And uh, so, Art, I know that you're, you're going to explain that. But before we do that, wanted to give a shout-out to the USMC Memorial Foundation. Paula Sarles is doing amazing work, doing great events, and she and her team are focused on raising the money for the remodel of the Marine Memorial out at Six and Colfax, and you can help them by going to usmcmemorialfoundation.org, usmcmemorialfoundation.org. You can also buy a brick to honor your military service or your loved one's military service that will be on one of the walkways uh, when they uh, complete the construction on that. And again, that is at usmcmemorialfoundation.org. We will be right back with Art Arthur. Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. You want a gun, ammo, and outstanding training, so Franktown Firearms is the right place for you. The trained staff is available for your questions and will give you the freedom to browse their large supply of firearms and fully stocked ammunition without any pressure. Your comfort level in the store is their priority. You'll get expert answers whether you're buying or not every time you visit the store. You want a knowledgeable gunman, not just a salesperson, when you're thinking about buying a firearm or learning how to use one. You can trust the staff at Franktown Firearms. They don't make commissions on any sale, so you know they are looking out for your best interest. They're sure that you will leave with a smile because no matter what your needs are, they will help you to be confident in your decisions and purchases. Their low tax rate and at or below MSRP cost will keep you smiling. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown today. That's klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. 
And you can email me at Kim at Kim com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus uh, freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Uh, talking with uh, Andrew Arthur, Art Arthur, uh, he is a resident fellow in law and policy at the Center for Immigration Studies. And Art, um, Marguerite said that we should talk about Title VIII, that that was also important. Title 42 is important, but what is Title VIII exactly? So uh, Title VIII uh, is uh, the section of the, or the uh, title in the U.S. Code that is called the Immigration and Nationality Act. I'm intimately familiar with it because I wrote part of it. But uh, the, it is, they are the laws that actually govern the uh, entry and the uh, removal of aliens uh, in the United States. And if you hear Corinne Jean-Pierre, the uh, White House press secretary, she'll say, oh, don't worry about Title 42 going away. There's Title 8. So Title 8 uh, in this particular context, in the context that uh, the press secretary is using it, is the process by which uh, migrants can apply for asylum, go through the process, and get removed. The problem with that reference by the White House to Title VIII is that the Biden administration actually isn't removing anybody once uh, they get in. In fact, only a handful of people who have entered the United States illegally who weren't expelled under Title 42 have actually been removed. To give you an idea of how bad this problem is uh, from the Biden White House, they're actually fighting in the Supreme Court right now in a case called Texas versus United States an effort by the states to force the Biden administration to comply with Title VIII, to remove um, aliens who are under final orders, to detain aliens who are criminals uh, in the United States. I mean, the fact that the Biden administration is fighting in the Supreme Court to avoid having to enforce the law is one of those things that people really should know about, but it, it gets missed. But there's an absolutely crucial provision in Title VIII, and that's at Section 212F at, uh, of 8 U.S. Code. Um, and what that does is it gives the president the same power that Title 42 gives to the Centers for Disease Control. If President Biden wanted to stop the border crisis tomorrow, he could use his authority under Section 212F, again in Title VIII, uh, to order the expulsion of everybody who enters the United States illegally. And that would have a real effect. In fact, you wouldn't have to keep that order in place very long because if migrants knew that, you know, paying seven, $8,000 to a smuggler getting to the southwest border wasn't going to mean that they could get into the United States, uh, they wouldn't come. And again, you know, I'm not, it's not just me talking about, you know, how important 212F is. The Supreme Court in a case called Hawaii versus Trump, which you probably remember because it involved what was called in the popular press the Trump Muslim ban, which was a series of orders intended to uh, exclude people from certain countries, certain people from certain countries. Title um, 212F was an issue, and the Supreme Court said that that provision of Title VIII exudes deference to the president in every clause. Basically, it's all but unreviewable by any court. And if Biden really wanted to get a handle on uh, the migrant crisis, he would use that section of Title VIII, Section 212F, in order to do it. In fact, you can expect a lot of um, you know leading uh, Republicans in uh, the House of Representatives, people like Chip Roy, Andy Bates, expect to hear them talk a whole lot about 212F 
uh, when Secretary Mayorkas comes up to testify, which I can guarantee he's going to do a lot in the coming months. Okay, so expulsion. So these millions of people that have come into America under this Section 212, could they be um, expelled out of the country? Yeah, no, they could be expelled right away. As soon as they got apprehended, um, you know, CBP could hand them over to ICE. ICE would put them on planes, and ICE would send them out of the United States. It's that simple. This isn't a complicated system, except to the degree that uh, the Biden administration has made it one. In fact, Kim, one of the things to hear uh, people like Secretary Mayorka say is that the immigration system is broken. The immigration system isn't broken, Kim. It's that the Biden administration won't comply with the laws, with the mandates that Congress has set out for it. Uh, and it is that refusal uh, that has spurred so many lawsuits uh, in you know, states across the union uh, and that has created this crisis in which we have more than 2.2 million people apprehended in FY 2022, uh, a year in which more than 599,000 people uh, evaded apprehension and got into the United States illegally, and a year in which 98 terrorists on the terrorist watch list were actually caught at the southwest border. So, yeah, if you wanted to have border control, the president has all the tools that he needs to uh, do it. He just doesn't want to. That is a, a chilling statement, Art Arthur. I uh, want to just uh, ask you about Politico just recently reported that Colorado uh, Governor Jared Polis is sending migrants to major cities, including New York. Um, uh, Mayor Eric Adams said Tuesday morning that the nation's largest city is already struggling to deal with this influx. But apparently Polis says he's trying to help these immigrants that have been sent to Denver to get to their final destination. What's your comment on that, Art? Yeah, no, and you're going to see a lot more of this, Kim, because, you know, the border is, you know, not the border anymore because of the uh, feckless stewardship of border security that we've seen coming out of the Biden administration. We have, you know, thousands of migrants per day being dumped on streets in Texas. Texas can't handle them. These are, you know, many of these are small towns like Vivaldi and Carrizo Springs. They have to send them out. They send them to places like Denver. And then Denver gets them. They declare a state of emergency, and they have to ship them into the interior. We've seen uh, Mayor Adams ask for a billion dollars in federal aid uh, to deal with the migrant crisis. In fact, in the recent omnibus bill that was passed by Congress right before Christmas, there was $800 million to uh, do nothing but feed, house, and transport migrants around the United States. Rather than dealing with the problem, the administration is simply throwing money at it. And a Democrat-like Congress has allowed them to do that. And that $800 million, uh, there are NGOs, non-governmental organizations, that are happily taking that money uh, to um, to do the bidding here of this uh, particular administration. And again, there's nothing compassionate about that. And I want to just make this point, $800 million to take care of migrants while the policies of this administration is increasing the cost of energy, um, which uh, is affecting energy security for everyday people. And then that is increasing food prices for everyday peoples. They're struggling. And so there's just a big disconnect on this. We've got a minute left, Art. This has been fascinating. Your final thought for our listeners. Yeah, it's important for your listeners to know what's going on. Uh, And if you, you know, Get your uh, news from 
uh, the New York Times, if you get your news from uh, the Washington Post or from MSNBC, uh, ABC, CBS, NBC, they're just not covering this. It's not an issue. But I think that as we see, you know, uh, this migrant surge that's expected post-Title 42, we're expecting 18,000 migrants a day to show up at the southwest border. They're not going to be able to turn away from it. Information is power. Information is the greatest tool that citizens of a free republic can have. They need to get the information, and they need to make, uh, make up their own minds and determine what the facts are. Well, Art Arthur, you are all doing such important information at the Center for Immigration Studies. What is your website? Our website is uh, cis.org, and if you want to look for me, I'm right at the top because my day begins with an A. Uh, but uh, look for uh, some posts that will be coming out from my friend Todd Benzman, who is actually on the other side of the border in Mexico, seeing what's going on there. They're going to be fascinating, I guarantee. Uh, Art Arthur, we will stay in touch, and thank you so much. Thank you, Kim, and thank uh, all your listeners. And most definitely in our quote for the end of the show, we'll be going to our number two here uh, right after this is that we are the this is from Abraham Lincoln. We are the we the people are the rightful masters of both Congress and the courts, not to overthrow the Constitution, but to overthrow the men who pervert the Constitution. So, my friends, today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America. We'll be right back with our number two. It's the Kim Monson Show, analyzing the most important stories. I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations. The latest in politics and world affairs. With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not. Today's current opinions and ideas. I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucratic the power to make rules about what we inject into our body. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to our number two of the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for listening. You're each treasured, valued, you have purpose. Today's Drive for Excellence, take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. I get to work with a great team. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Echo, Charlie, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. And uh, we're going to get right on it here, Steve, because we've got a lot to do. Um, but before we do that, uh, I, uh, the show is brought to you. We are an independent voice on an independent station. And it's your support, uh, which I greatly appreciate, as well as these amazing sponsors that I have. And uh, one of the amazing sponsors that I just want to highlight before we get over here to Wade Miller, and this is late breaking to get Wade on, is Three Points Financial. And that uh, Three Points Financial is a comprehensive fee-only financial and tax-focused company. And they consider all the pieces of the client's financial life. There are no sales or commissions involved, and all advice is fiduciary, putting you, the client, first. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz, co-owners of Three Points Financial, take time to work with you regarding decisions that affect your financial presence and future. 
whatever is happening in our world and with our economy, you have financial goals that matter. And Three Points Financial offers personal real-time plans for savings, retirement, investments, and taxes, both tax efficiency and preparation. And there's no better time than now to focus and get focused on your financial situation. If you are interested in learning more, contact threepointsfinancial.com to schedule a no-obligation introductory call. That is threepointsfinancial.com. And I I know uh, Steve Cruz and Mary Alpers personally and highly recommend them. And uh, again, I'm so grateful for all of these great sponsors that I get to work with. This is late-breaking. With what was happening, six different votes uh, regarding Kevin McCarthy for Speaker of the House. And then they adjourned. And I wanted to get Wade Biller on. He is the Chief Operating Officer, Executive Director for the Center for Renewing America. We had him on earlier this week. Uh, but uh, Wade Miller, did you ever think that we would be in this situation of six votes and he still has not been voted in as Speaker of the House? So welcome, Wade. Well, thanks for having me on. And, and the answer is yes. So w- when we knew about two months ago that conservatives were going to, uh, you know, try to stop McCarthy from becoming speaker, you know, this isn't our first speaker fight. We, you know, we were very involved uh, through previous roles, my, myself and Russ Vote, uh, who is OMB director for President Trump, and he's the president of our organization. We were both heavily engaged in the, the John Boehner speaker uh, effort to vacate and then uh, replace him. And so, you know, we know the floor process, we know how this works out, and we know all of the uh, arguments that were going to be made and how wildly inaccurate most of them are. Uh, and I think that this has been uh, the punditry and media class, uh, of course, not you, but th- this is, they have been wildly inaccurate, and at the, especially at the national level, on what's going on and, and what's taking place. But, but this is actually expected. We knew that it would take more than three rounds at least to get to the point where uh, Kevin McCarthy was feeling pressure to step aside and that before that he would say that he's never going to go anywhere, he's not going to move. And uh, on our Thursday night activist call, we've been outlining this scenario for several weeks now and, and walking people through this exact scenario. So not a surprise to us, but it is definitely a historic event. And, and we're very thankful for, uh, despite all of the uh, kind of propaganda out there, the 20 so far that have been pushing for fundamental change and paradigm shifts in the way the House operates so that it better reflects the constituency that sends people to Washington, D.C. Well, Wade, I found it rather remarkable, and I talked about this in the first uh, hour. Uh, I, I hardly ever watch Hannity, but I, I happened to have it on. He said he was going to have Lauren Boebert on, which is uh, she's a congresswoman from um, our Western Slope. And I have never recalled seeing him treat anybody with as much disrespect as he treated her last night. I was shocked. Did you happen to see it? I did. Uh, You know, just frankly, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And he doesn't understand the process and the political dynamics at play here. He's seeing one move ahead, and he's buying every single, you know, Team McCarthy talking point that they're sending him you know, lock, stock, and, and, and barrel, and, and, and they don't understand the moves down the road. So one of the arguments is, well, if they keep this up, a Democrat's going to control the floor. Well, you know, I, I'm very familiar with the speaker election process. I don't understand that math. Like, how do you get to enough Republicans just don't show up, and then the, the math tilts? You know, you'd have to have for every two Republicans that would vote present, that would lower the threshold for speaker winning by one. 
that would be a, a, a party switch vote. I mean, you Republicans who did that would lose their primaries. No, that's not going to happen. You know, the other one is, well, there's going to be a coalition and, and, and uh, you know, moderate Democrats are going to go to an even squishier Republican and they're going to elect them and they're going to have a, a seat at the table and, and, you know, dictate how everything's going to go. Again, like people who say that just don't understand this process and the political dynamics. So if that were to occur, uh, you know, uh, th- well, one, immediately Steve Scalise could motion to vacate. But let's say that that, that loses and, and their scenario goes forward. Conservatives, this would be open warfare. Every single rule vote, every single uh, uh, motion would be blocked by conservatives for weeks. It's an untenable position. They'd have no real ability to exercise any authority with that. Republicans know that. That's why it hasn't happened, because it's not a real scenario. It's a scenario that is being used by the punditry class and Team McCarthy to try to scare Americans and scare elected members into caving. Uh, Right now, conservatives are in the driver's seat. There's no scenario that's realistic in which we don't get an outcome that is better for America and better for the Republican Party as long as the the 20 hold strong. And and look, there's different factions. I think at least two or three of them are just, I'm never going to vote for Kevin McCarthy. He's, you know, a a John Boehner uh, acolyte. It's this, it's the status quo. If he's a speaker, no matter what he concedes, you know, spending is going to go up. Nothing is going to be done to stop woke and weaponized government. All they're going to do is head pat uh, conservatives and Republicans with standalone show votes and, and uh, empty oversight uh, hearings that result in nothing. And that's not an invalid argument. And then there's another faction that is like, if we get enough concessions, we can actually use that leverage to change, to you know, pick some fights and and to you know, control the process. And then there's a third option that is, we can get that from whoever is after McCarthy. And so there's kind of those three schools of thought, but all of them result in a better outcome. None of them result in the uh, sky is falling scenarios that are being peddled out there by pundits who don't understand the floor process and how the speaker is elected. And I'd, I'd recommend to the Hannity's and the Mark Levins to go read a CRS report on how Congress operates on the first day of Congress. It's operating under a different set of rules. And, and, and I just don't think that they understand what's going on. But, uh, you know, God bless Lauren Boebert for picking this fight. Uh, it's not <laughs> self-serving. I mean, all of these members face a lot of political backlash. They get they very do. little in return. The only benefit is that it will be good for America. And so it's, it's, it is rich for all of these, you know, uh, people out there to say that these are self-serving uh, holdouts because there is no benefit. They are going to get crushed. They're going to be challenged in primaries. Their campaign donations are going to dry up. The only reason you would do this is if you love your state and you love America and you want paradigm shifts that change the way D.C. operates. Well, and to that point, and I think we talked a little bit about this when you were on the show on Monday, but out here in Colorado, the consultant elite class, they actually primaried uh, Lauren Boebert this last election cycle. And then the Republican primary opponent, then uh, after he lost, he endorsed the Democrat. So I was watching her last night and I thought, she is putting a lot on the line because if McCarthy does become the speaker, uh, he's he's um, 
he's going to remember this. And uh, sometimes those in Washington have long memories. But to your point, um, those that are holding out, I think that they are looking for a shift in Washington. And Lord knows we need that, Wade Miller. We need that because this uniparty has been selling everyday Americans out. And this has got to stop if we are, in fact, going to uh, reclaim this great American idea and this great America that we that was given to us, Wade Miller. I agree. And look, I'm very familiar with what, you know, the most of what these uh, 20 holdouts want. And there's, you know, a couple of different factions in there. They're all exceedingly reasonable requests. You know, one of them, for instance, is. We want a select church committee, a standalone committee with unilateral declassification powers, no jurisdictional limitations, so we can actually investigate the woke and weaponized uh, government that's targeting Americans. That's something the Republican Party should already be doing. But they're siloing it in the standalone process of this standard committee structure, which does not have declassification powers. It doesn't have the staffing that it needs. You know, that's an an example. And, And let me... Just, you know, to give people kind of a preview of what's actually happening in D.C., what will happen is Kevin McCarthy will come back and say, well, I'll give you a select subcommittee underneath Judiciary and Intel. Well, that's not a church committee. And so what will happen is, is when when conservatives say no, well, McCarthy and their people will say, you're shifting the goalposts. I'm giving you guys everything you want. I'm giving you a church committee. And, you know, most people don't know the difference between a select committee, a select subcommittee and a standalone select committee. So it, it, it sounds like, okay, why aren't they being reasonable and, and, and accepting these wins? Well, they're not really being offered wins. They're being offered little things that if once they were to vote for McCarthy, there's no way to hold him accountable to, to, to you know, hold, holding true to those commitments. Like the 72-hour rule, which is, you know, we have to uh, have 72 hours to read a bill before we vote on it. Kevin McCarthy is committed to putting that back in place. The problem is... This same group of Republican leaders, that's been in place in the past, and they just waived it when it was convenient for them. Uh-huh. So unless we, uh, these conservatives have like positions on the Rules Committee where they can jam up the House floor and just stop it if they need to, they don't really have any leverage to make sure that Kevin McCarthy honors his word, and that's what they're fighting for. They're fighting for more access for rank-and-file members to be able to offer bills, offer amendments, debate those amendments, and then have reasonable uh, 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 rules in place so that it's not just Nancy Pelosi and Kevin McCarthy deciding everything and then jamming it down the throats of the entire Republican conference. What they're fighting for is more access for your elected members of Congress to actually have a say in what's going on. And that is awesome. What they're doing is amazing. And yet you turn on Fox News and other channels and most of the pundits will have you have it sound like this is chaos and this is a a, a total travesty. I think it's beautiful. And I think that everyone who's involved in it should get a standing ovation and a round of applause when they come home from D.C. Okay. And just one other comment or question. And Boebert has been a, uh, a Trump supporter and Trump has come out and supported McCarthy and very gutsy of her. She's not capitulating on that. Your thought on that, Wade, and then we're going to have to move on. We could talk about this for the whole hour, sure. but I've got a really important conversation with Todd Watkins uh, scheduled here. So your thoughts on that? Sure. Well, you know, I, I respect the president a lot. I don't think he's super serious about this uh, uh, thing. That's why you haven't seen him attacking Bobert or Matt Gates or anyone else for their positions. 
so I think that that's a signal that, you know, I, I've stayed in my position, but you guys figure this out, and that's what's happening on the floor right now. Is they're, they're figuring it out, and conservatives are standing up for America while the media class and the establishment bash them for wanting to change the uniparty cartel swamp in D.C. and do something different that might actually change the trajectory of America in a good way instead of the status quo that is clearly not working. Wow. Wade Miller, thank you so much. Late breaking that you were able to come on and and give us an update on this. It'll be interesting to see what happens today, but I greatly appreciate it. And they can find you at Center for Renewing America. What is that website, uh, Wade Miller? Yeah, it's AmericaRenewing.com, and you can see Russ Vogt, V-O-U-G-H-T, on Twitter, Gitter, True Social, etc. Wade Miller, thank you for this late breaking interview. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks. Appreciate you having me on. And uh, the show comes to you because, again, I have these great sponsors. December was uh, so excited to welcome the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Group as a sponsor. And as a State Farm agent for 47 years, Roger Mangan has served his customers, provided for his family, and given back to the communities of Centennial, Littleton, Highlands Ranch, Inglewood, Greenwood Village, as well as Castle Rock. For help with your insurance needs, call Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan Insurance is there. This is called service. You hook me up with auto and renters. Props to my insurance mentor. You made it easy to cover my bed in a box and my extensive collection of clocks. You know, I find it kind of funny that you also save me money. You've got that good neighbor charm. Give it up for State Farm. There are always opportunities in changing markets, and the metro real estate market is no exception. That's why you need to work with seasoned REMAX Alliance realtor Karen Levine when you buy your home, sell your home, consider opportunities of a new build, or explore investment properties. Rising interest rates are spurring creativity, innovation, and opportunity in the real estate and mortgage markets. Kim Monson highly recommends award-winning REMAX realtor Karen Levine. Call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate questions. That's 303-877-7516. What do Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and Nikola Tesla have in common? None of these men graduated from college, but each of them had enormous intellectual curiosity. Scientist Dr. James Lyons Weiler is creating a new kind of educational model for the busy, intellectually curious, IPAC-EDU. Classes are affordable and interactive, and experts in each of their fields, with courses in biology, philosophy, analytics, health and wellness, political science, chemistry, regenerative science, and psychology. There is a spring 2023 course for you. Dash over to IPACEDU.org, IPAC-EDU.org for more information and to register. That's IPAC-EDU.org. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity. 
by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And we are at a remarkable time in our country. We were just talking with Wade Miller on the national level. In Colorado, there is something so interesting that is happening. There's this this big brouhaha that is brewing between the consultant elite class and the grassroots. And Todd Watkins, uh, he's a former border agent, and we've had him on talking about those issues. But he is also a recent candidate for El Paso County Sheriff. So he kind of had a front row seat on things happening there in El Paso County. And I, I've heard that there's stuff going on. I don't really know. Um, some people have sent me some information about it. So I thought, let's get Todd Watkins on here to talk about it. So Todd Watkins, welcome to the show. Hi, Kim. Thanks for having me again. Yes, a different subject, though. El Paso County. Um, I've, I've gotten some different emails and text messages from people that that indicate that there's some shenanigans going on from the I'm going to call it the consultant elite class in the uh, state GOP um, or uh, maybe even there in El Paso County. What's going on, Todd? Well, I, I, I like that characterization. That's pretty accurate. Uh, you, we could also call it the uh, the ruling class elite. Um, it's a cabal, if you will, like your, your previous guest described, you know, this uniparty cabal that has held sway in El Paso County for the past I don't know, at least two decades, probably longer than that. I'm, I, I, I'm not a lifelong <clears throat> Coloradan. I'm a, a born and raised in in Arizona, so it's you know it's interesting to watch what's happening in Arizona, also. But uh, I think I think El Paso County is a really good example, a microcosm of this this uh, tectonic shift in uh, in in American politics right now particularly within the Republican Party, um, if you can even call it a single party anymore. It's really more um, grassroots, and and perhaps we need to discuss what does that mean? What is grassroots? But I I would call the uh, a group, you know, me and and, and several like us, including the the current county uh, chair for for the party, we we view ourselves as more of the – America first, and not necessarily the a name brand, you know, from the Trump campaign. But definitely, we we put our country first. We believe it's the republic before the Republican Party. Uh, we want to honor and live by the Constitution, and it just so happens that the Republican Party platform uh, espouses the Constitution. The uh, those who have been in politics, career politicians, the the um, the consultant and, and donor class, as you described, that doesn't seem to matter to them. They'll they'll talk a good game when we bring a talk a topic up, but their their actions sincerely belie any any words that they may say that that a that a you know a constitutionally minded person may find appealing occasionally. So, Todd, um, I what I have really spent a lot of time thinking about this because. I think that many of the donors, the big donors, the small donors to the Republican Party, really care about what is happening in Colorado. What I think is, is the consultant class is actually milking many of these donors. They're they're saying the right things to these donors, but they have no intention of winning elections. We can see the results of that. And so we need to shed light on this milking of our donors and uh, and losing elections and just following the money on this. 
Uh, and I think that that's really important. Uh, I totally agree. Um, this this is it all. You know, they follow the money. I, I was I was in law enforcement. That's a, that's a great way to find the bad guys. Is follow the money, follow the follow that trail, and you'll you'll find the uh, the source of whatever that illegal criminal activity is. So. Um, I do. I have noticed since I got involved in this that the Republican Party, particularly here locally, they can retain uh, local offices. All, all the county offices in El Paso County are, are held by Republicans and, and lifelong office holders. It's a uh, a uh, uh, kind of a revolving door musical chairs with with offices. Uh, all the county positions, they're term limited, so they, they'll go from clerk and recorder to treasurer. Uh, they may bounce over to the city as a council member or a, or a mayor and then come back and serve on the, uh, you know, the, the board of commissioners. But they never do anything differently. And now we're in a downward spiral because we have very weak establishment uh, status quo people in these offices that are not going to stand up and uh, and and protect our our rights, our liberties, and you know that that which defines America uh, against the a Democrat uh, Marxist regime. Uh, they take money. They found now that being on the the minority, the losing side, is a great way to raise money. Uh, it's always a crisis. If you don't give us money, the Democrats will win. Well, I I would argue that the Democrats have been winning. Mm-hmm. So why would you give them any more money? Well, I and I feel that we really saw that with uh, now I can't remember it was that that oil and gas uh, initiative where there was millions and millions of dollars from the oil and gas industry that that went into I want to say it was Prop One Twelve but now I can't remember and uh, uh, a whole bunch of money was put in by that the oil and gas put put that in the the people of Colorado basically voted to uh not constrict the uh uh the production and exploration of uh, fossil fuels which was and fossil fuels give us reliable efficient affordable and abundant energy and then just what just uh, 3 months after the election uh Jared Polis and the legislature actually put in more onerous restrictions than what was being asked of the voters in November. Uh, but yet the consultant class uh, laughed all the way to the bank on that. And um, I, I found that really, really frustrating. So, Todd, there's a big kind of fight that is brewing. And this is somebody sent me this and I can't find it now. But um, there's a, a movement to get rid of the El Paso County chair and, and just kind of looks to me like shenanigans. But I want to talk with you about that. So we're going to go to break and we will be uh, right back with Todd Watkins. Uh, we are talking about kind of the brouhaha that is brewing between the a consultant elite class here in Colorado and the GOP and the grassroots. Before we do that, though, I want to mention the USMC Memorial Foundation. They are raising money for uh, to remodel the Marine Memorial. And it is so important, my friends, to honor those that have put their lives on the line or given their lives so that we can have these conversations that are going on right now. We are at a, 
a, a precipice here in America, and Colorado is at the tip of the spear. That's why we do this show, is to help you get your brain around these issues. I've determined that, I, that we need to be happy warriors. We need to understand these issues, and we were made for this time. I say it all the time at the beginning of the show. And so one of the things to do is to support the USMC Memorial Foundation. You can do that by going to the, the USMC Memorial Foundation.org. That's USMC Memorial Foundation.org. We'll be right back with Todd Watkins. You never have to worry about hidden rates or surprise charges when working with Patriot Pros for your HVAC, electrical, and plumbing needs. Patriot Pros treats your home as they would their own. From Franktown to Lakewood and Colorado Springs to Denver, Patriot Pros has been setting the high bar since 1997. With the weather turning colder, you don't want any furnace surprises. Kim Munson highly recommends Patriot Pros HVAC plumbing and electrical. For more information, go to PatriotPros.com. That's PatriotPros.com. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure to check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Uh, I need to just share this with you. We have a listener who is a very dedicated listener, uh, but he also listens to all the different shows at the same time. And he just texted me and said, Dick Wadhams is on the air with uh, another host on a different station, bashing Lauren Boebert. Uh, and um, I just wanted to mention that we broke it on December 15th on the follow the money. And as all of you know, I uh, have been starting in 2016, uh, have done voters guides regarding the initiatives and amendments that are on the Colorado ballot. And it's been a real process. And initially, I, I would look at these questions on the ballot. I'm like, what is this? Where did this come from? And I have learned that there is a Republican operative uh, consultant group that has a, a company that does all of the petition gathering, and they're making millions to get some of these very bad things on the ballots. But one of the, the terrible ones, this last uh, last election cycle, was Prop 123, the affordable, and I'll use the word affordable once, it's subsidized housing, which subsidized housing is like government housing. And it increases the cost of housing for everyday people, and it makes people dependent on the government. It has a $300 million Tabor runaround. So all of this consultant class, they say, oh, we want to protect Tabor, which is Colorado's taxpayers' bill of rights. But then they're taking money to undercut it. And so, again, um, apparently Dick Wadhams is on the air on a different station with a different host bashing Lauren Boebert. And we just had an interesting conversation 
with Wade uh, Miller with the Center for Renewing America about that. But um, we broke it on December 15th. And then I know that another radio host uh, talked about this. And then uh, Kevin Lundberg had it in his uh, newsletter this last weekend, that Dick Wadhams, guess what? He took $27,500 to push forward this uh, antithetical to the American idea, property rights, a Tabor runaround uh, initiative that just barely passed. I think if we would have really gotten focused on it, we probably could have defeated it, but they had a lot of money and we didn't. But anyway, I just wanted to make that point. So I think that could set it up for you, Todd Watkins, on what the consultant class is trying to do down there in El Paso County. So shall we bring up the peak Republicans now? I think so. Okay. So in um, it was shortly after the county assemblies in what was that March? You know, mid mid late March, a a group uh, formed. Called they branded themselves the the peak Republicans, and it is it was essentially all of that consultant uh, campaign manager uh, donor class. With it from the uh, local, from the El Paso County party, uh, they they co- they coalesced uh, and with all their consultant campaign manager uh, businesses and and the the people who formed the Peak Republic- Republicans, we learned that some of them have several different uh, bi- business licenses, doing business as various uh, consultant advisor uh, type businesses you know being redundant there with that word but they 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 created a group called the peak republicans and they were supporting all of the establishment candidates who finished either last at the assembly or they didn't bother with assembly and they went and they uh, they they petitioned on and so there's your making you know tons of money with the petition process uh as a side note and this will probably come up later of course, these are the people that want the uh, primaries to remain open, and even like like Eli Bremer and uh, pa- Patrick Davis, who have, have written articles uh, championing the notion of actually eliminating caucus and assembly here, because it's it's just too chaotic. And by chaotic, it means that uh, people that are actually appealing to the uh, to the voter uh, have a chance at winning, and they won't be able to make money in the consulting and canvassing petitioning business. So the peak Republicans stood up there, you know, end of, end of March and, uh, can't, and campaign for their, for their candidates, which is fine. Um, the, uh, state bylaws, uh, restrict the use of the name Republican. Uh, the, the state executive committee here, you know, the Republican party executive committee for, for Colorado, has a exclusive control over the use of the name Republican. Um, it's a branding issue, right? Trademark branding issue. If a, if a group wants to come and uh, form and use the name Republican, there's a process where they they essentially apply for the use of that name. Well, these people didn't do that. Um, I should point out at this at this moment that in April, uh, the Colorado. GOP chairwoman actually attended their grand opening uh, event and was extolling their virtues and exhorting people to come down to the peak Republicans and support these candidates. Well, so was this the state state GOP chairman? Yeah. Okay. Chairwoman. Chairwoman. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
because because over here we only recognize two genders. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That. <laughs> Uh, so, and I'm I'm still old fashioned enough that people could respond to me when I was on city council as council councilman. That was I was not offended by that. But we do have two genders, so I I was not identifying as a councilman. I was a councilwoman. I'll clarify that. <laughs> okay, continue on. So I mean, there there were some issues here. Number one, um, the 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 party is supposed to remain neutral during a primary. Um, because you know it's Republican on Republican, but we'll we'll, we'll look past that uh, when uh, this county chairwoman found out that this group existed, and she didn't find out about it until you know late summer, and brought it to the uh, to the state level. Uh, the state said, "Well, we can't you know just just table it right now." Uh, because she, she found out about it. it was actually after the after the primaries. We don't want to do anything right now because it could harm the the candidates in the in the primary. However, she would have been remiss in not doing something about it. There's there there are rules, and you know the Republican Party is supposed to be the uh, the party of law and order uh, for for using the name Republican. So when she did bring it to the attention of the state, the state kind of well they 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 shined her on. Um, and uh, it's invariably someone opposed to our our county chairwoman would have used that against her that she failed to take any action to, to safeguard the the Republican name. Um, so when this did finally be, uh, come to a, uh, a, a the uh, the mechanism of resolving this is called a controversy by by the bylaws. Uh, she was chastised she, she was actually censured by the uh, state executive committee for for challenging them essentially what it what it amounted to uh, they accused uh, our county chair of not supporting Republican candidates and really it, it boiled down to not giving them money well this is the same group that is has held control over the party and all the local offices for a long time they knew what they were doing. Um, they were, in my opinion, Todd's opinion, they were recalcitrant <laughs> in that they were not able to use the county GOP as their their shopping mall facility for this consulting, canvassing uh, business end of of campaigning and politics, and really not what the party is supposed to be doing. Uh, for what it's worth, this Peak Republicans group, as nearly as we can tell, they trafficked about you know, $900,000 over the summer during that, uh, you know, primary, you know, from between primary and, um, and the general election the midterm elections. Uh, but they, they, they've now decided that, uh, they can't tolerate the fact that America first personalities are now serving as, as uh, precinct leaders, bonus members, and, uh, and actually, you know, have a, have what is, looks like a, a majority within the county party so they they're going to uh now the uh, the state uh chairwoman and asking for a special central committee be called sometime this month uh before to get ahead of the uh the county central committees that are required to occur in february and they want to you know remove the chair and reassign the count the official county party to them, to the peak Republicans, and have all of the the uh, 
precinct leaders who were who filled vacancies between the uh, caucus and and present to uh, be uh, it, well removed, you know, and not 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 recognized as part of the uh, the voting body of the party. It, it's it's a hostile takeover, and they're asking the state to uh, endorse them and to facilitate their takeover of uh, of the county party. It's it's the ruling class elite. This this is the uniparty. They hold they hold the the reins of the state level party, and uh, they are absolutely furious that they've lost sway with the county party here in El Paso, and we're we're seeing it, you know, show up at a couple other places too. Um, so someone sent me something about uh, South Dakota is essentially trying to do the same thing. Okay, uh, this is this legal? Do we know if that's legal or not? Well, I I I, I went through state statutes. I went through uh, you know state bylaws. Went through some county bylaws and talked to some other people who who I, I I value their opinion and view them as as more intelligent than myself. And uh, it doesn't look like it. the 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 state statutes are really they don't well is. Statutes can't address every single what if, right? Um, but there is nothing in the state statutes under Title One that seem to give the uh, state party or the chair the authority to just arbitrarily remove a chairperson who is elected by the voting body of that of that party. Um, the, these county parties they retain quite a bit of autonomy and and sovereignty. You know, similar to say the the states and the federal government, right? Um, there is a mechanism where you can do this at the county level, but they're not trying to do. It. They're taking this right to the state level and saying you need to re- reassign this. Now, okay. giving the giving the the title of party, I don't. We don't see that anywhere. So, the the short answer is no. This does not appear to be legal by any stretch. But that's really never stopped them before. Well, a couple of things. You had alluded to open primaries. And uh, first of all, uh, I remember when that was passed, I thought, this does not make sense. Uh, And if people want to vote in a a Republican primary, all they have to do is just um, re-register as a Republican. And so this open primary thing opens up all kinds of, I think, uh, funny business. Um, and so those that have, have worked to try to close that primary. And Todd, if I remember right, uh, there actually was a lawsuit that was um, instituted to close the primaries. And this current GOP chairwoman uh, did not sign on to that lawsuit. And so because she was did not sign on, the judge kicked that out. If I remember right. that correctly, so this, all of this, my friends, what this is is some machinations. Uh, we see what is happening at the the national level, but what we see here, from what I can understand it, is we have a duly elected uh, county chair uh, and elected by the the Republicans in El Paso County, but the establishment consultant class that has been milking donors and losing elections uh, are trying to regain power over this uh, s- this local party in ways that uh, uh, are, are very suspect. 
and uh, also this removing these PCPs. I think the grassroots has finally figured out that these um, precinct committee pe- uh, people, that's also a very important um, position, particularly as we're looking at coming into looking at uh, re-elect or electing a, uh, a state chair. So this is all all things that I think grassroots have kind of woken up to what's been going on. And uh, now it's like, well, the uh, consultant elite class says, well, we want to take our ball and we want to, you know, re- recover that. Is it, would, am I getting close to what's happening on this, Todd Watkins? Yes. Yeah, indeed. They, they, uh, they, they don't, they don't like the way the game is shaping up. So they, they want to go and play on a different field and call that now the game. Um, they're, they're, they want to change the rules in, uh, in the, in the middle of this game and, to the PCPs, uh, it's it's important to note that the one thing that you can point out and say is clearly, um, objectively not permitted is the removal of PCPs, the the bylaws and the bylaws. Those are those are the the rules, the the laws, the regulations that the party um, must operate by. So you have statute, which is uh, you know those are legislatively enacted um, things, um, but within the minutia of the party, the bylaws. It, it, or dictate how that particular organization runs. And the bylaws expressly define that the chair, vice chair, and secretary of the county uh, backfill the uh, vacancies, the precinct leader vacancies. So if somebody if somebody moves, leaves, quits, whatever, they're, they're required to, to fill those. So to to have the state come in and say, well, those that were that were filled as vacancies after the caucus, there there is absolutely no legal standing for that whatsoever. That would be a clear violation. This is absolutely fascinating. So Todd Watkins, keep us informed on what is happening on that. I greatly appreciate you joining us because we are at a very historical time, uh, not only here in Colorado but at the national level as well. And as everyday people are in engaging in this process and the, the mask is coming off, the veil is coming off on, uh, on all of this. And we will continue our quest on following the money. So Todd Watkins, thank you so much. Thank you, Kim. So we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we have had a lot thrown out there. I'd love to hear from you. 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. We'll be right back. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your health care concerns. 
You want a gun, ammo, and outstanding training, so Franktown Firearms is the right place for you. The trained staff is available for your questions and will give you the freedom to browse their large supply of firearms and fully stocked ammunition without any pressure. Your comfort level in the store is their priority. You'll get expert answers whether you're buying or not every time you visit the store. You want a knowledgeable gunman, not just a salesperson, when you're thinking about buying a firearm or learning how to use one. You can trust the staff at Franktown Firearms. They don't make commissions on any sale, so you know they are looking out for your best interest. They're sure that you will leave with a smile because no matter what your needs are, they will help you to be confident in your decisions and purchases. Their low tax rate and at or below MSRP cost will keep you smiling. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown today. That's klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at Kim dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice searching for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And these shows come to you. We are an independent voice on an independent station and uh, all the support that you all give us as well as these great sponsors. Hooters Restaurants has been a sponsor of both the shows, the Kim Munson Show and America's Veteran Stories for many years. They have uh, all kinds of specials Monday through Friday for lunch and for happy hour and Wednesdays are Wednesday. You buy 20 wings, you get an additional 10 for free and uh, how they became sponsors of mine is a great story about freedom and free markets and capitalism. So be sure and check that out at my website. Uh, give us a call, 303-477 303-477-5600. And we have Sue in Washington, D.C. on the line. Sue, what is on your radar? Good morning. Um, well, I got here a few days ago, and um, I'm uh, in Washington now. I flew in uh, on through Reagan Airport, and um, I've just kind of been trying to keep in touch with what's going on at the Capitol, which certainly looks rather hectic, but I truly believe that Lauren Bobert is on the right track with this. And uh, from what I can tell, um, we'll see what happens today. But I really believe that uh, something has to change, and those 20 uh, representatives certainly have the right to voice their opinion uh, when it comes to who's going to be our next Speaker of the House. So I just want to check in with you and let you know I'm here, and I'd like to stay longer if I can to see this through. And um, being a big fan of yours, of course, on a regular basis, I thought it was certainly a good idea to give you a call this morning. <laughs> Sue, I greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, it's uh, really interesting. And you're right in the thick of it there in Washington, D.C. So thanks so much for your call. Thank you. Okay. Okay. And Bill in North Glen, what is on your radar? I uh, just wanted to encourage people to go to their various county meetings uh, throughout the state so we don't end up in another uh, El Paso County situation for like Adams, you know, Broomfield, so forth. Um, was pretty disappointed in Christy Burton Brown. Uh, but the one thing people need to remember is there was kind of a fight uh, for her to even get that position. So that means we are making a difference by the bonus members that did go there. It wasn't just a slam dunk. So running as a bonus member is, is important. Uh, make sure that if you can't run, the people that do run uh, are representative of the values that you want put forward. 
Uh, just a quick side note from yesterday, you're talking about those uh, eggs. I would encourage everybody to start buying eggs uh, out of state. Somebody can go up to Sam's Club in Wyoming and just bring a truckload of eggs down, and we'll just buy them here. They want these <laughs> idiotic chickens to be out of the cage. It's going to be like uh, New York with the cigarettes. So. Oh, that is an, uh, that's a very interesting point. Yes, what happens to, to that point with New York and the cigarettes, then it creates a black market. Exactly. Uh, so the next thing you're, that we're going to see is people on the corner with their, you know, with their SUV or their trucks with eggs on the corner, right? Uh, talking Absolutely. about entrepreneurs. Good, and, uh, interesting plastic point. Eggs as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh! I'm so glad that you brought that up, Bill, because somebody. Asked, thank you, Bill, and. Uh, Again, we must be engaged. When we're complacent, this is what happens. So I need to get to this. But uh, one of our listeners asked, oh, gosh. Okay, just very quickly, regarding the bag tax. Somebody asked me about it. And 60% of the bag tax can go back to the municipality. 40% can go to the retailer. But if you are on a, and you prove that you are on a uh, federal assistance or a state assistance food program, you don't have to pay the bag fee. Talk about picking winners and losers. But let's get over here to Ann in Denver. Ann, what's on your radar? I'm asking um, the listeners to get to house.gov and uh, to call the Republicans in Colorado and the surrounding states, I suspect that's the closest to do, um, to uh, stand against uh, Kevin McCarthy. It is urgent that we do not have a Kevin McCarthy and that we consider having Andy Biggs or if other you know, conservatives are running um, that Andy Biggs would support. And the other thing is, on your same radio uh, station, on KLZ, Eli Brummer was uh, interviewed uh, two days ago, and they were calling, and he was calling for the um, destruction of the caucus system, because they call all of us people, there were 4,000, how many, 3,700 um, Republicans that met, in April at the state assembly, and we were we voted ninety eight percent for paper ballots. We, you know, we want an accurate ballot uh, col- um, counting of our elections. And and there were so many good things that happened, and all they did was slam the state assembly when people just spoke about the fraud of the uh, software of Dominion. So anyway, there's they. We have to get people to call the um, U.S. Congress people, the Republicans, um, to get support for somebody else who is a really real conservative. Otherwise, we don't have a voice, and that's what people want. And and so the state party is is um, on board with the Uniparty. It's very clear. And and I was shocked to hear that um, a host was supporting the destruction of our caucus system. And that was here on KLZ? Yeah. Yeah, I interviewed uh, Eli Bremer, okay? And Eli Bremer, they were calling for definitely um, uh, to be able to have um, what's really important um, to keep... I forgot what it was. Oh, that, that we have a closed primary. He supported a closed primary, but this, but but destroying our caucus system—that's that's a conflict of interest. You, you um, have to have, you know, um, a caucus system. You have to be able to have people represented from your county to meet once absolutely. every two years. And they absolutely. were calling for 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 uh, it was just quote an insider. Uh, 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 system is what they were saying the caucus system is no it's a representative system 
Okay, it, so please go is. to house.gov and then uh, support support um, either Andy Biggs, but absolutely no Kevin McCarthy. Okay, Ann in Denver, thank you for uh, sharing your opinion. And clearly, when I talk about it, that we are an independent voice, uh, I am. I am an independent voice, and I am grateful to Crawford Broadcasting uh, for trusting me with my independent voice. So our quote for the end of the show is, We are the people, this is from Abraham Lincoln, "We We the people are the rightful masters of both Congress and the courts, not to overthrow the Constitution, but to overthrow the men who uh, pervert the Constitution. So, my friends, today be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America.